Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Are you, like, ready to be done with the show for today? Like, kind of, you know, forget about all the things we recorded and just kind of get ready to move on to next week? No, I'm, like, really committed to this bit right now. We can't stop. Oh, because we're not at the end. Right. Oh, we need to do the topic before we can de-host. <laughs> yes. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host who sometimes has trouble letting go of their characters at the end of a campaign, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda, who sometimes has trouble going back to the real world after a session. All right, here we are. Um, we have a little bit of housekeeping before we jump into our topic, uh, which we keep dancing around in this intro. Uh, but our housekeeping is there will be no show next week. So yes. this show will drop on February 1st uh, and it, you will be listening to it about now on February 1st. There will not be a show on February 8th and then we will return on the 15th. Correct. Because I will not be any place where I can record a thing Correct. on the weekend. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, just keep that in mind. We didn't fade away or anything like that. Just something came up. We can't record. And we'll see you all back a week later. The week after. Sweet. Cool. cool. Send it, what's our topic? Yeah, our topic this week actually comes from our discussion last week, um, where in that episode, we really briefly mentioned um, de-rolling as part of our conversation about epilogues. And then we said, maybe we should talk about it. Let us know if you want us to. And people said, yes, we would like to hear you talk about it. So for this week, we are going to talk about de-rolling um, and kind of some ideas about how to do it and when you might want to. Mm -hmm. But first, before we can actually do any of that, as usual, um, we have to understand um, altogether what we consider to be de-rolling, what it is. So, Phil, if you would kindly, definition panda, give us a definition. Sure, absolutely. Um, we're going to, our definition, our formal definition tonight comes from uh, the a Journal of Virtual Worlds Research. And this actually came from, uh, it was cited in an article that I was reading from uh, analog, I think it's Analog Games Collective or whatever. That's the big LARP site mm -hmm. that does all the um, articles. So they had referenced this. Um, so anyway, by way of that, because um, it's probably important to talk about this before I mm -hmm. uh, do our definition, D-rolling is something that actually came up first in LARPs. Um, and then it's kind of we're we're bringing it forward to RPGs because RPGs are just slightly more structured. LARPs where you sit at a table, right? Yeah, slightly less physically active. Correct. Like a little more, <laughs> you know, a little more table, a little less walk around the room. Depends yes. on depends on who depends you're on, playing with. Depends on the LARP, depends on who you're playing with. But yes. <laughs> you all get what we're saying here. Anyway, yes. here's the definition we have. D-rolling refers to the process of shifting from an active dramatic state of being to another one rooted in the subject's everyday lives. Mm -hmm. So... In RPG terms, this means the transition from being uh, your character back to being you, the player. And if we're using our misdirected mark layers or foci, depending on your um, <laughs> depending on how you like to look at that model, we're talking about transitioning from the character focus to back to the player focus. Yeah. So this tends to be a more important activity. Um, the more dramatic or intense your emotional experience was of the um, session or game or the character during that session. Yeah. So in my experience, and I think that you would agree with this, um, the need to de-roll for me is directly proportional to the amount of bleed that I am experiencing during the game. Yeah, if a game yeah. has a lot of bleed, de-rolling can actually be harder because you're 
feeling all the feelings. You have feelings because when we talk about bleed, maybe we should take a moment and pause here and say, sure, bleed. Go ahead. Do you have a bleed definition off the top of your head or shall I see if I can come up with one? No, no. I mean, we've done it before. I will do yeah. one off the top of my head. Bleed. It, so bleed is a bi-directional um, term. So you can bleed into your character, which means that like the feelings that you have from outside the game um, manifest into the character. Like you had a shitty day at work. You're going to go, you know, um, beat up some cobalt, right? That's bleed in, right? And bleed out, I forget, I always get the directions wrong. But the other way is that things that happen to your character now start to, to affect you. So perhaps your character was viciously betrayed and now you're feeling viciously betrayed or mm -hmm. your character had a really um, steamy romantic scene with, you know, another character and now you're like a little, you know, flustered, by it or LARP you know crush. LARP crush is a you know is an actual thing it's right a thing. so so bleed is when the emotions travel from one to the other uh, but in the case of what we're talking about today for de-rolling we're talking about cases where things that happen to the character are now causing emotions in you the player yes um, cool. and so this is really normal if you are playing games that are um, set up and designed to do this Right. There are many or you've designed your um, session. It doesn't even matter rules wise. There are games that produce this feeling and then you can just produce this feeling. Yeah, like there are there are people you can play with that will just produce this feeling sure. feelings. Right. Like the, the intensity, the drama, the emotion. I feedback. have had I've Absolutely. I've had all of that from a vampire the right. masquerade game. But um, that, and I, it wasn't the rules that did it for you. Nah, right? No, it was the play, the story, yeah. the actions that happened in it, how people were, um, how people were acting, reacting in the scenes mm -hmm. and stuff like that, you know, bled into me. Yeah. One of, one of my most intense experiences in an ongoing way was the, the Tales from a Loop game that I always, always talk about. And I have no idea if that is everyone else's experience of that game or not. Right. Yeah, I don't think my players bled heavily into <laughs> Tales from the Loop. I think they, I think they enjoyed themselves, and I think they really got into their characters. But I don't think they were they were having like um, large amounts of bleed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the um, the thing about this is right. Going back to it being more important, um, if you have a lot of bleed, if you're having a lot of feels when the session ends, this is a reason why you would want to de-roll. Um, and in fact, that's our segue into talking about two different types of de-rolling. So we're going to separate this, the rest of this episode into um, two different kinds of de-rolling. The first one is session de-rolling. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into what that is in a second, but you should be able to figure that out from the name. And the second one is campaign de-rolling. Yeah. Which um, is a little different. And we're going to, we're going to actually get into both of these into much more detail right now, which is why I'm going to stop talking about it, kick it over to you and ask you to start talking about session derolling. Sure. So session derolling, as the name implies based on our definitions, um, is when you are switching from your character's sort of perceptions and um, strong attachments and all of the things that you use to create that character with emotional intensity back to the things that are affecting you in your everyday life. And it's the end of a session. Right. So that means that this is not necessarily the last time you play this character. This is just you drawing a separation between those high intensity emotions in the game and going back to your house and making dinner or whatever it is, right? Yeah, and I'm just going to really quickly um, bring up a misdirected mark definition that we are like, we use the, um, we use the term session uh, very specifically, session meaning uh, the time spent at the table playing the game. That yeah. is separate from story, arc, campaign. That's just you sat down at the table, you played a session, you're done for tonight. Yeah, for however long, an hour, four hours, eight hours, whatever it is. Correct. It has no it's, unit of time. It has no it, unit of time measurement. It is just the time in which you sat at the table together and played the game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I will say it's probably harder to get emotional intensity and bleed if you sit down and play for like 15 minutes than if you sit down and play for two hours, right? Just because it's sometimes hard to commit. <laughs> to that level I mean, that quickly, but I think mostly, you can do it. Yes, but you I know, think there you are could, people who could, there are you, people you who can, can pull that off. You can do it, but we'll just, we'll throw out there that like, there's a, you know. Yeah. So 
this session derolling, as we talked about a little earlier, is important in games that typically have high bleed. Or, and I want to stress this, or if a session winds up having high bleed. And let me separate the two. Senda, lots of games are designed for bleed. Yes. Uh, Star, Starcross, Dread. Turning um, Point. Turning Point, right? <laughs> These are all we, games that... We designed that game for bleed. Exactly. Intentionally. Des- exactly. We designed that for bleed. The Jenga Tower is absolutely a tool to create anxiety um, yeah. in a person, right? Because it's, it's physical. Right. Yes. So that's a kind of game where you know going in, I'm here for the bleed, for the for the pain, for the drama. But aside from that, any game can have a high bleed session, sometimes totally accidentally. Yeah. Like just something happens in the game and all of a sudden it goes from your beer and pretzel game to somehow it got real serious. Yeah, really intense. Really intense, (laughs) real serious. And you weren't expecting it. And so normally you don't even prepare for this kind of activity because it's just like, oh, this is our D&D game. We like, you know, kick down doors and explore and find treasure. But something happened in that Mm -hmm. game that creates this super bleedy tension, all of, you know, intense moment. Yeah. And then you might want to have the tools on hand just in case. You need to de-roll even if it isn't a practice that you normally do just because it's not normally something that um, you find, you know, your game requires. Exactly. But maybe, maybe just have this thought in your head just in case because you you don't necessarily know. So we do have some ideas on how to de-roll from a session. This is not a complete list. This is not a list in any particular order. Um, Certainly a lot of this stuff, pretty much all of this stuff, um, some of it uh, is directly from LARPs and many LARPs will write these de-rolling steps in. And we are also seeing, you know, for the last little span of time and certainly in Turning Point, um, we also did this intentionally knowing that we were writing that game for Bleed. Um, games that also write de-rolling steps in. So that kind of thing is great. But if your game doesn't have them, here are some ideas mm-hmm. about things you can do that contribute to de-rolling. Um, and it's, uh, as usual, a buffet. Pick and choose what works for you and your group and what makes sense. Um, and then go forward with it and, you know, use the parts that work for you. Um, Why don't I start and then we'll just go back and forth. Absolutely. Cool. So um, the first one is to remove or put away props. So if you have a specific thing that you use as your focal point um, for that character um, or an outfit that you put on or whatever that is, um, the first step to de-rolling can be kind of removing that, right? And giving yourself the physical expression of stepping away from embodying that character and that experience back to you in your street clothes or, you know, you took off the fake glasses or the hat or whatever it was, right? Um, Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The next one is um, tidy up your gaming space. So by that, we mean like if your character sheets in front of you or, you know, your spell cards or whatever other accoutrements you use for your game, like pack those up, get those put away. Um, Again, we're putting distance now between us and the game, us and our character. Yeah. Um, Which leads to the next one, which is... um, If you are um, someone like me who generally says I when in character, I usually say I do this, I do that, um, or speak very much in first person. I don't say, you know, they say, I say I. Um, This is um, one of those moments where you can switch to using um, pronouns for them again, right? Switch to the third person. So this is a mental and verbal way to start recreating distance between you and the embodiment of that character. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a huge one, right? Language language has a really powerful uh, effect on our minds. And so making that switch in language will also start to build distance. It is actually really interesting because there are times 
you can, if you watch closely, you can track this. And I know that I sometimes do it. If a game starts to feel very intense in a way that I am not willing to commit to in the first person, you will catch me switching to third person in the process of the game itself for just that moment of intensity. And I don't have a problem with it. Right. But like that actually happens. So this is intentionally at the end of the game, intentionally redefining those lines by making it third person. Yeah. Um, explicitly right yep absolutely yeah uh the next one is debrief uh this is this again also comes out of uh larp but this is like talk about what happened in the session like go over like who did what and what happened and you know are we okay yeah with like are you know like hey you're you know that scene was really intense oh you're right it was really intense like Mm -hmm. you know are we okay with it? Was it safe? Like just have the discussion around it um, because you are then externalizing, right? Yes. Which also helps to put distance. Like it lets you start working through what happened in the session. And it is really interesting. Um, one of one of the things um, in LARPs that has happened to me for debriefs that that is really helpful for this that doesn't really happen at a gaming table is that Um, a lot of times we'll talk about like, what was your favorite moment? And you have a a potentially largest group of people. And the thing about LARPing is that you're not necessarily all sharing the same space at the same time, you will not see everything that happens. And so it's helpful, actually, from a derolling perspective to be hearing about things that were happening that you didn't even know about. That doesn't really happen at the game table. But still talking about like favorite moments, um, and, and, you know, telling people that you really appreciated how they played, a, you know, a specific scene or thought it was really creative and interesting and cool or, you know, whatever it is, um, having those moments of just um, delineating um, events or instances or specific feelings or things that people did as being really cool. Um, and I like to do this from a positive perspective. I don't like to be like, and what didn't you like? Like, this doesn't seem like the time for that. We can, we have had, we have had before and could have again, a whole conversations about feedback, roses and thorns, wishes and sure. dreams, etc. This initial moment of de-rolling is not really usually the time for critiques. It is for um, the gentle landing from a highly emotional experience, which means yeah. you kind of want to stay mostly on the positive unless you are dealing with some sort of safety issue that you need to fix, resolve, or help people process, right? Mm-hmm. That was a lot for debriefing. Debriefing is something that is, there are, um, we have we have uh, sort of uh, sketched it in as like do a debrief. Um, if this is something that you are interested in knowing more about, there are so many resources out there from the LARP community about running a debrief, how to do it well, what to address, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It yeah. is potentially an entire topic on its own. And I'm not sure that it's something that either of us truly specialize in, even though we have both definitely experienced them. Yeah, I don't think I have a spectacular debrief. We we did, I mean, we did reference LARP's, um, LARP conventions and things like that. Um, for Turning Point. Turning Point has some specific um, things set up for its debrief, Um, but it is also not too prescriptive. It it also leaves it open for um, the first player to kind of facilitate what's needed, give some tips and things like that. Yeah. And so that's a, it's just a, if you want to know more about debriefs, go look up LARP debriefs. You will find a wealth of so much information because there are so many people um, really making that research happen and, you know, find the best ways to do these things. It's really cool. Yep. Um, Awesome. Uh, The next one is acknowledging any bleed feelings, right? And this is where you get into things like in LARP, we talk about LARP crushes and like, that's absolutely a thing for me. Sure. But I have LARP, I've had um, LARP crushes. I've had tabletop crushes too. Like I really have had um, in pretty intense ways, um, uh, you know, crushes that both come from the fact that I enjoy and feel safe with these people that I'm playing a game with. But then we also play some kind of intimate relationship. Um, And it's, you know, that's something that's hard for me to leave at the table um personally um and so you know just know know what it is understand where it came from and um 
understand that while uh, sometimes people will also carry that forward and then you you have a cool new like very close friendship that you have but also there are other times when you know the per- the other person was not really there for that <laughs> so be aware right be yep. aware of what feelings you're coming out of it with and i'm using larp crushes as, as an example just because like oh that's the thing that happens to me um but you could be walking away from the table with, you know, very different feelings. You could be Super walking sad. away feeling betrayed or very sad or, um, you know, any number of things. Right. So know, know that that's, you, you know, where that came from um, and that it's it's there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last one is, um, and this isn't last in our list again, not nearly, um, the la- you know, not in any order, but switch locations. Uh, again, getting physical distance from the gaming table can also help, right? Have your debrief not at the table. Move it over to the couches. Yeah. You make, know, it, like, make it comfy. <laughs> yeah, like just, you know, switching locations also switch it. Like your emotions often get tied to the moment you're in. So by completely switching out everything, the background, what's in front of you, that all that stuff will help you start to create that distance. Yeah. The goal of all of these items is to let go of the character and create that emotional distance. Um, and so, and, and potentially closure, depending on what happened, right? Um, so it's about, um, you know, kind of redrawing the boundaries of intimacy and expectation um, that are yours in your everyday life. Again, LARP crushes. Um, and um knowing what your feelings are that you're coming out of this game with having a moment to process them, acknowledge them, and then be able to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you said this or not, but GMs need this too, right? I didn't, but yes, they, they can. They totally <laughs> yeah, they can. can. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're talking about this from a very player centric thing, but there are times where GMs get bleedy, you know, bleedy too, or, you know, GMs are sometimes the, if it's an NPC that you're having this intense moment with the GM is that NPC. Now, sometimes I will say like, for me, I don't as a GM experience bleed as much because I'm doing so many other things. I think that maybe part of the reason that I uh, have a slight preference for playing might be because I really enjoy bleed and I definitely don't get it the same way as a GM. Not that I can't, not that I haven't. Um, But it, I, I, I find it trickier, right? Yeah, it, I find that being a GM give like I have a certain distance from the game because yeah. I am doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't typically happen to me there. It happens to me far more when I'm a player. But depending on your GM, depending on who you, you are, keep in mind, all of this yeah. still applies to GMs. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay, that's session de-rolling. Yes. <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit, a bit about campaign de-rolling. Yes, please. So this is similar, but a little different. In campaign de-rolling, we are transitioning from playing this character to not playing this character anymore. Our campaign is wrapped up. We're done. We're no longer going to play this character. Maybe we have a lot of feelings invested in this character because we've played this character for a year, year plus. We've had dramatic uh, moments. We've had danger. We've survived. We've built this emotional bond to our character and now we're done no more of this character yeah that can be um that can be hard for some people um letting go of those characters Mm -hmm. so campaign de-rolling is this transition like letting go of your character from being something you actively are playing and you that you are to something you were something that you used to play. Yeah. And I think we should just call out quickly before we get into some of our tips for this, that there are many of the tips in the session de-rolling that you can incorporate into the campaign de-rolling too, mm-hmm. like, you know, changing locations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So yes. like um, pull anything from there that also makes sense. These are additional tips that apply a little bit more specifically to the end of a, a campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, let me start those tips and then we'll do what we did before. We'll uh, switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. The first one, uh, and I think we've talked about this, and I know that we have talked about this on um, Misdirected Mark, have a good, strong ending to your game. 
yeah. give it a sense of completion. Yeah. Right. People like when stories complete. If I tell you half a story and stop, your brain will work furiously to find out or make up the end of that story. Or you will never release the end Correct. of that. Because so here, because here, this is totally a thing that I do. There is a podcast that I love, an AP podcast that I absolutely adore. They started a new um, campaign. I have still never listened to the last three episodes of that previous campaign, because if I do, then I will have to acknowledge that the campaign is over and I have to release those characters and that I will never get any more of them. Yeah. It's yeah. been like four or five years now, my friends. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair, right? Like that's um, that's just t like that's what happens. Right. So I'm very attached. <laughs> yep. So again, have this strong ending to your game. Yes. It helps with the completion, right? It closes loops in our brain. It gives us a sense of like, yes, this character has achieved their fate their goal, I can start to let go. Yes. Yep. And tied into that is what we were talking about last week, which is the epilogue, right? To give us a real sense of closure after we've, you know, completed the destiny or whatever it is. Where do they go? What do they do? Um, go back and check out episode 300 for more ideas, tips and tricks on epilogues. Mm-hmm. 100%. Another thing you can do is create or get a keepsake for the campaign so <laughs> so have it you know commission a character sketch or make one maybe you're artistic right i'm not so you know um get a character sketch uh frame the character sheets one campaign i did years and years ago uh handed out certificates with the name of all the sessions for the three years that we played the game on the certificate and just, you know, like made certificates. I went back later and actually commissioned artwork for all of the characters. Uh, but that was like way later. Yeah, this is the reason I giggled when Phil said it is because behind my head, he can see and no one else can see yes. that there is a framed piece of artwork that um, when actually was got commissioned um, from our Tales from the Loop game, and it's his character and my character um, and um, doing an activity that they like was a running thing for the entirety of both campaigns that we played for that game. Um, and I love it. Like it's on my bookshelf just behind me. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's pretty great. Um, one of the other things that um, I have done less of this for um, epilogue slash derolling purposes, but definitely folks in my um, group have done this. We have had people, um, write letters to all the other characters in characters or in characters so that that was the sort of the d-roll moment was that sure. um my friend jake um he 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 left we were playing a police detective story he left the police force and he sort of like wrote us all letters and they were pretty intense and amazing and i still have them somewhere um and um, and then other instances of things like um, where someone will create a playlist for that character that is specifically kind of the epilogue moment for their character, right? Like this was the moment that they ended in, not the playlist that gets me into character and reminds me that I want to be there and it's intense, but the playlist that feels like how that character left the game when I separated from them, sure. right? So that sort of memorial moment of like that feeling. Playlists are so good. Playlists are just great. Use playlists all the time. It's fantastic. Anyway. The cool, the cool part about playlists is that um, art, you have to like either have to like be able to draw or, um, you know, pay money for it and character sheets and stuff like framing character sheets, things like minis, things like that all have like kind of an expense to it. But like a playlist. Yeah, like, you, you can just you do can that. Just make one. And like, they're great. <laughs> And and people love playlists. Uh, and, and then back... we share them with each other. So, like, I still have Wynn's character's playlist from the end of the Tills from the Loop campaign. Um, yeah. You know? I, I, I have a CD. Mm -hmm. So, before before streaming music. Yes. Um, I had a uh, D20 Modern game about bank robbers. And every character, I was playing a GMPC, but every character in the group, one of the players made a cd mix 
of movie quotes and songs. And we used to, because <laughs> I'm so old, we used <laughs> to take the CDs and put them in the multi-disc changer. Nice. Put them on And shuffle. put it on random. <laughs> and that's the music we would use when we were playing the game. But outside the game, I would take the CD, throw it in my car in the morning, like drive to work, listening to, you know, Absolutely. listening to the songs of my character. Right, exactly. And, yeah. and so it's interesting because it is both a way to get into the role. Yep. But also a way to memorialize a role that you have left. Yes. Right? Does both actually, just depending yeah. on where you are in the game. Yeah, depending on what you're doing, which is why I brought it up because I definitely have a lot of playlists I created because I was excited and into a character and we were mid-campaign. And then like we've also got um playlists that were like specifically, this is kind of the end point and this is my memorial engagement kind of with that character and processing of the feelings that they were feeling, right? cool anyway moving right along from playlists i love playlists i wrote a gnome stew article about playlists like a while anyway um one of the other things that is fun to do especially if you've committed a lot of time and energy into a campaign is to do a party right like celebrate it um mm -hmm. celebrate your your achievements both as as you the person who showed up every week for three years or whatever it was um and the achievements of your character, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Have a cake. Make have cookies. a cake. Do good things. I've had a cake at the end of a game before, mm -hmm. um, for sure. And um, I think there might have been champagne, too. Lovely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, have a party's great. Um, and then also, in the midst of all of this, have a end of campaign debrief. Mm -hmm. There is a time to sit and talk about what happened and answer and have the GM answer questions about the whole campaign. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. the players to also contribute to that as well. Like talk about the whole campaign highlights, things that were tough. Um, were there stories that didn't get resolved? Maybe you want to hear some information about them, whatever it is. But like you're you're doing this to wrap up all your loose ends. Like yeah. use this moment to kind of get all your loose ends about the character out. Yeah. The goal of all of the things about campaign de-rolling, in addition to the stuff that you do for session de-rolling, is being able to say goodbye to that character so that you are ready to go play another one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some people don't need this. Like, some people just play a bunch of characters and they're fine and whatever. But when we talk about, um, when we talk about this, we're talking about people who are struggling to say goodbye to their characters, right? Like, um, depending, it'll all depend on the campaign. You'll know which ones it is. Like there are certain campaigns when they end and you're like, yeah, that was great. Bravo. Good time. Cool. Bye. You know, yeah. ready. I'm ready. Excited <laughs> to play the next, I'm excited to play the next game. And there are other ones where you have like put so much into this character that you're like, oh, I, I'm not ready to stop playing this character, but there's no more game left to play. Yeah. And that's like where this campaign de-rolling really um, comes into play. Yes. Yep. 100%. Cool. So let's talk about two specific um, things that two specific things, one that is a one that is a game and one that is it can happen in a game where these de-rolling skills may be necessary. The first one I have to turn over to you. You really do. You really, I, really I do. I would be completely remiss <laughs> if I did not. Yeah, the first one is, uh, we've been talking about a lot about sessions and campaigns. Both of those imply an ongoing game for which you are playing multiple sessions. Um, so we need to take a second here and talk about my specialty, one shots, um, because this is a little bit like a session, but it's also a little bit like a campaign, right? Because we are telling the entire story all wrapped up with a neat little bow on the top of it. Um, so. In a one shot, um, the biggest concern is bleed, right? And because you're playing it in a very compressed amount of time, if you are playing for bleed or it, even if it comes up accidentally, and it, it could be very intense and there's not a lot of, uh, you know, necessarily like ongoing support because you may or may not play with these people again. You might be at a convention or maybe they're your friends, but like whatever. Um, this was supposed to be a one-time thing. So there's not like, okay, we're going to get back together next week and then I will be able to kind of continue this, you know, feel or whatever it is. 
Um, so you have to accomplish the saying goodbye that you accomplish in a campaign, but you also have to accomplish the more immediate de-rolling that you get from a session, right? Um, what we wrote as de-rolling into turning point, which encompasses a lot of the tips that we've been talking about, but what we wrote about, um, in terms of de-rolling for turning point is very focused on both of these things because turning point is written to be a one-shot and um, written to have high bleed. Um, And I think we've talked about this before, like what we discovered is that if there isn't high investment and intensity in the game, it doesn't really work. Um, And so we actually like changed things about it to specifically give it the best chance. Like, right, I can never guarantee you that it's going to have bleed, but we wrote things into the game to give it the best chance that we could at having bleed. Uh, we not only did that, but we also told you if you get to the end of the character creation part yeah. and you aren't and feeling you aren't a little feeling for it, this character, you probably stop. need to start over. Just stop. Yeah. yeah. Start I start over or find a different game because it's not going to work, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so, so then in addressing debriefing specifically from a game perspective, since it's written into that game, um, we wanted to make sure that we kind of gave everybody a gentle landing place because we knew, we knew what we were doing. We were doing it intentionally. But whether your one shot is intentionally bleedy and intense and dramatic or not, um, it is good to be prepared to give people a soft landing um, so that they don't just like go out into the rest of the convention center like, oh my God, we all just died. Like and I bleeding all over everybody. Right. Like I I had a daughter that I left at home and then the poison kicked in, you know, like whew, um oof. <laughs> I have walked away some from some convention gaming tables back into a large stream of people, like very boisterous and and happy and talking in a convention way, and felt very weird about it because I had just had such an intense experience and I was walking away from the table with a lot of really intense feelings um, that we didn't have time to talk about a process at the table. Um, so I guess the second part of that is also leave yourself some time. Yep. So that's kind of the ideas for one shots and all of the things we talked about before apply. You don't necessarily have time to do them depending on your situation. If you're playing at home and you're like, you know, oh, we're going to play for three to six hours and there's like sort of it's amorphous. It's not a super big deal. If you're playing at a convention and you know you have a very specific slot, um, then it comes back to something we've talked about a lot in the past, which um with managing your time and making sure that you're leaving yourself that little bit of padding at the end um, so that you're not going right up to the very last second and then being like, okay, bye. Sorry, you all died. Yeah. We actually in um, turning point actually talk about that. Like we actually talk about the necessity of um, leaving some space for your D rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. The other case that we need to bring up is the death of a character. Now, if you're playing a game like Paranoia, DCC, or something where death is kind of an expected potential outcome, it's probably not going to hit you too hard. Um, you'll probably be fine if your character dies. But if you're playing a game where you did not have a expectation your character was going to die, or some weird turn of events occurs in the game, and your favorite character whom you've played for, you know, X amount of time suddenly is dead in a very unexpected, like, whoop, that shouldn't have happened kind of way. You are now in a spot where you are having an intense moment in a game and you may need to do one of those kind of ad hoc session D rolls. Yeah. I can speak to this one so specifically because the first D and D game that I ever played in college, we played from level one and I think we were at maybe level 10 when a single failed perception check killed my character and I was not okay, right? Like, and they brought her back. Like they got her reincarnated. Everything was fine in the end, right? But like I died from a single failed die roll um, yeah. in the middle of a dungeon and then had to, had to sit at that table while everyone else reacted and played for several hours and I was not okay. I'd been yeah. playing her for like a year and a half, had a had a comic devoted to her, like was drawing all the pictures. Yeah. Like my first character. 
I was very committed. Um, and, and so like an awareness of like, if that kind of thing happens at your table, that you're going to need to take some time to deal with it on an emotional level, <laughs> um, yeah. is important. And it, it was good because in D and D, once you achieve a certain level, um, you know, reincarnations are not impossible. They're not super duper easy, but they're not, I mean, at least this was still three, five, I want to say we had moved to three, five, but like, so it wasn't super easy for us, but it was also like not the hugest deal. It was a resource management issue at that point and not, mm-hmm. not at like, you know, level two where it would just be like, well, make a new character. You know? yes. <laughs> Bye. Um, but yeah, the emotional uh, fallout was intense. So this kind of thing can also be a little bit of both, right? Yes. It can be, uh, it can for certain be a session de-rolling um, activity. And if your character cannot be brought back to life for any reason, yes. this may have the same feeling as the campaign de-rolling where you need to say goodbye yeah. to this character and prepare yourself to, you know, play another character in yes. the, you know, in the ongoing campaign. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, kind of stressing this, right? Sure, there are games that are set up for this and you want to have this on hand, but you could just be playing, you could just be playing Pathfinder and your favorite character gets killed and you're now kind of reeling. Yeah. Um, and you need like some of these tools to kind of, you know, help transition you uh, back. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So just keep those in mind that that session D-roll thing can just pop up ad hoc. Yes. It doesn't have to, you know, you know, you you may not even be prepared for it, but you want to kind of just keep this advice in the back of your head. Yeah. 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 Just to cool. acknowledge. Cool. Cool. Let's wrap up. Yes. Um, and the way, by the way, we wrap up um, just talking about the different types of de-rolling, right? We're talking about today. We're talking about session and campaign de-rolling. All of it is basically getting emotional distance from the session, from the character, to kind of ease ourselves back to a more neutral emotional state. And um, any more information that you want to look up on specifics or other very specific ideas or ways that people do this, um, I can't highly, I can't recommend highly enough um, just exploring um, the the wealth of information on LARPs and D-rolling that is on the internet. There is so much of it and it's very, very, very good. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, we are not we are not the origin of this information. We are merely carrying it yes. um, from one the game messengers. community over. <laughs> yes. We are literally just shuttling that along. Okay, cool. Um with that, um we are gonna wrap up for the day. And the way we do that is we get ready to go to the closing. But before we can get to the closing, there's a thing we have to climb over, which is a blurb <laughs> about another show on this network. Senda, get us over the blurb. Who's our other show? Yeah. Um, on bonus experience, Ray and Monica are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity while also sharing some of the dumbest humor that gaming has to offer and a LaCroix. Or another sparkling water of some variety. Go. You know, it's great. It's good. <laughs> cool, cool. Say, Senda, how do people find us on the internet? Well, you you can find us in like a lot of places now. <laughs> this used to be so easy. Um, you can still find us on Pandas uh, at on Twitter on Twitter at Pandas Talking Games. No, Pandas Talk Games. What is our? Oh my god! I just completely lost it. Let's try that one more time. It's Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. Um, on Mastodon, on Dice.Camp, it is at Idella Mithland. And Can I'm you spell that by chance, spell just in it. case? I'm going to spell it because I've already heard that it is problematic again. It is I-D-E-L-L-A-M-I-T-H-L-Y-N-N-D. <sighs> also, if you, if you can't remember that or don't have the episode laying around, <gasps> if you find me on Dice Camp at DNA Phil, yes. just... Poke through a couple of my posts and eventually you'll find find Senda. Or just ask him, be like, hey, where's Senda? I can't spell it. I will also link you to Senda (laughs) or check my friends list, whatever. Whatever it Um, is. If it turns out to be easier that way, like, go ahead and do that. Yes. I will not take any offense. I will also would not be offended if you hit me up and would be like, hey, how do I find Senda? I will not be upset. I will happily tag you in. I once again am punished by my 
uh, auto-generated character name that I just started using for social media. And now it's everywhere because that's also what everyone knows me by. Whatever. Anyway, moving it's right along. It's hilarious that a six-year-old joke is able to make its oh way back God. around thanks to the arrival of a new social media platform. I am. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's so bad. Anyway, um, good. Uh, you can uh, find us on the TikTok. Uh, same names. I'm not going to spell it again. Um, and you can also use uh, the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or you can drop us an email if you prefer. Panda at misdirectedmark.com is that email address. And Phil, once they have managed to find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Leave us a topic, a question, something that you would like us to uh, share our GM insights about specifically, and even better, is if it is something that will help you run more better games. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason that we are excited about that is pretty transparent. Um, one, we don't like coming up with topics for our show. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like that's number no. number one. Give we don't topics. like coming up with topics of the show. You guys are much better at it than we are. Uh, we've been able to keep the show going for quite some time because you guys just keep giving us ideas. So We're gonna, thumbs up to you. Yeah, five years. Five now, years. I said that a bit tongue in cheek. The real reason that we are interested in the questions and um, things that you would like us to provide insight on is because we want you to have more fun gaming, be it player or GM. But we want you to have more fun. The more that you do this, the more games you're going to play. I say this every week. The more games you play, the more different types of games you might play. The more times your players will get to play games. And overall, you will persist in this hobby longer. And honestly, when you are grizzled and old like I am, I'm pretty thankful that I have spent most of my life in this hobby. Grizzled, huh? I feel a little grizzled. I feel <laughs> a little grizzled today, but we'll talk about that in the Bangalore Lounge. Sure. Okay. Uh, anyway, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. You'll get access to the Slack Room for Life. It is an awesome place where you can chat. You can uh, hit us up on a Friday lunch. Just come hang out with us as we eat lunch and like just BS and stuff. Um, we occasionally will give you stuff and you will get the um, Bamboo Lounge from this show. And you're going to get something from the Misdirected Mark outtake thing like i don't know what it is yet but now that we've passed 500 i'm not 100 percent sure it's it's going to be um the after um, show after show or something like it we don't know yet we're still feeling that out but whatever it is uh we're gonna drop it to you guys because we dig you so we want to give you stuff so anyway um you'll get that stuff uh, if you're already backing our Patreon campaign, thank you very much. It is, uh, I can't say enough how much it helps. Just last week on the Misdirected Mark, we replaced all of our mic cables just to oh, yeah. bump up our sound quality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not possible without your patronage. That's how we are able to do things like that. So um, thank you very much. If you're already a patron, great. Thank you again. If you are unable to be a patron of the show, uh, we understand completely. There's another thing that we would love for you to do for us. It requires a little bit of your time, and I know that's precious. But if you just had a few minutes, there's a thing that really does help us. Senda, what's that thing? Ye oh, boy, you passed it to me right as I was yawning. Um, <laughs> You can leave us a rating or review professionals. on professionals. I have that on a placard over here, you know. Too. Um, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice or tell a friend or tell someone on the Internet when they say, hey, what should I listen to? I'm looking for, you know, um, podcasts that talk about um, game system agnostic gaming advice. Hello. Hi, <laughs> here we are. Um, yes, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. That one. Yep, that's us. Um, so please feel free to tell people about us. We really, really appreciate it. It's pretty cool. Um, and we really like reading the reviews. So if you have a second, write us a review. It makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside and helps the algorithm too. Um, so thank you so very much to everyone who has already recommended us, left us a review or a star rating. We really, really, really appreciate it. Um, mm -hmm. It's pretty great. And uh, and thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Say, Senda, um, the next time we play Long Live the Queen, how would you like to de-roll from the session? Um...
This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Hello. Hello we did there. The click. <laughs> Hello there. That's a very much Lucifer. That's oh, you did Lucifer. the. You, see, I was doing the uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, but you were doing the Lucifer. I haven't mm. seen any Lucifer yet, so you I guess will. You're gonna have to fix that. You will. We'll watch a couple episodes. I love a man in a suit. Well, he's a handsome man too. I like a lot of people in suits, actually. I was gonna say. I was gonna say pretty much. I like. Um, I like pretty much anyone in a in good a suit. suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's like feel like I shouldn't shouldn't actually express that in a in a uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It was just confined. Anyway, um, I mean, let's be clear. Rec- you do no. like a man in a suit. I do, but that I is not like an exclusive. That is not an exclusive gen- gender. Is not the part that is exclusive. Yes, that's what I was trying to get yep. to. I like people in suits. I like sure. people in well fitting suits. Especially or like sometimes just like part of the suit, but they've taken the jacket off and they're like, like sleeves. That's are rolled what up. I was going to say next. It's the sleeves rolling up. Oh God. Anyway, we should move right. Right along. the hell along. Or like people are just going to start rolling up their sleeves at me on the internet. And that it was funny, but also weird. <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> consent, consent, consent. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Bloop. The sound of silence. There we go. Bloop. Goals, goals, goals. Food, food, food. Bloop. Did you not expect me to say no? No, it's perfect. I don't expect anything. I don't know what's going to happen. I never know. I never know what's going to I didn't even know what I was going to say before we started. I'm always worried that I'm screwing it up and I need to remember that. You can't screw up what is completely not planned. If it was planned, it would be in the notes. But it is not. But it isn't, so there's no planning. Okay. Bloop. Oh, no, I've lost the notes. Turn back on iPad. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Bloop. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host who sometimes has trouble letting go of a character at the end of a campaign, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda, who definitely has a lot of bleed for... I was going to say one shots to be the opposite of you, but it's really everything. So, bloop. Ah, let's retake that one. I don't know what you expected me to There say. were two types of de-rolling for this, for this, for these session, notes. Session, session and campaign. Session. Oh, I was just actually being you honest. You almost there with the bleed part. I was just part. being right, true. Ready? I was just being Sorry, true to myself. Ryan. Professionals. <laughs> Again, none of it planned. Okay. <laughs> Show me what you got. 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 Uh, uh, Not even letting you get close to answering that. Intentionally. I did not. Like I literally came out of my head while you were working on the. I know. And then you saw my expression and then you were like, do not answer that. Which is why I jumped right into the music. Like, why are you all red now?